I have an Ocho Cinco. What's up? Dick a jersey. How you doing? Uh, just. No, 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 no. Serious. How, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? My credit score went up. How you doing? <laughs> Where's Milliken? So yeah, if you heard that, Matt's credit score has gone up. Even after losing his uh, credit card, he still makes all the payments on his card. Financially viable. Come with it now. Single, ready to mingle, and financially viable. So, are you going to be able? So, now that you have a credit card, you can uh, buy a flight to Buffalo, right? I mean, I could still do that anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> to be determined, I really, honestly, for my own personal gain, I really hope that Buffalo wins. Matt, Tennessee loses. Should Should I tell the story? Should I tell the story right no, now of how once you, once you tried buying for buying a hotel room and, and something happened and Jacob's friend? Oh no, we don't have to. Please don't. Oh man. Oh man. Well, I just accidentally paused happy? by accident, but now we're going again. Can, can this just be season four episode two? So much time. Can what? This is, this is now season four, episode two. I already labeled it uh, in the file as season three, episode 17. Do my eyes look baggy? No, they look great. 17. They look great? Oh, thank you, hon. Yeah. I forgot so, to put makeup on this morning. So do you want to hear something? So in the most... Oh, you had an interview at Goldman? No comment. So, <laughs> there, um, in the most recent Man in the Arena, Edelman had this to say about did Tom learn anything from him? Let's listen to Julian. He probably learned from me. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think I taught him a fishing knot once. <laughs> so that's that's what Julian thinks. Because <laughs> they're reminiscing. They're like, Julian, you know, what did you learn from? Tom over all these years and 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 you know Julian was like how to be obsessed you know how to you know work at it and what it takes day in and day out and they're like you know what do you what do you think Tom learned from you and he's like how did that a fisher's a fisherman a fisherman's not so Julian you should think more highly of yourself what squirrel always gets its nut the squirrel always does get its nut <laughs> and it, you know if you're Matt, a broken clock is, is right twice a day. Yeah, that's me. All you need is two times a day. You're not you're not asking to be right all the time. You're just asking me right some of the time. I yeah, I agree. Um Boson Parade. So should we should we do a dive into this first electric game? Let's do it. So today is Cincinnati Bengals. So we are actually recording mere hours before that game begins. This is the best football weekend of the year. Mm -hmm. And you know that. I mean, if you're talking about when to release a podcast, does it get any better than saying, hey, let's release a podcast several hours before a football game, talking about that football game when there are dozens of other pregame shows on? Because we know everyone will be tuning into this. We actually should have made this live. I'm surprised. You watched the... 
how much of the the actual TV pregame coverage do you usually watch? Because I generally watch maybe five minutes. Um, in a perfect world, I probably would watch, like leading up to one o'clock game, I would watch all of, um, like when we were in college, I would watch all of NFL game day morning, all of it. Yeah, no, for I the know most that. part. But then, now, like and, you know, obviously studying whatever for tests, I didn't get a chance to, but. In in a perfect world, I think I would I would want to see a lot of NFL game, or at least have it on in the background while you do other things. Because I mean, if you know you want to work out, just put it on in the background too. It's just nice to listen to. All you have to do is check Twitter for five minutes. And you're all set. But it's not just about the inactives and actives. It's fun seeing Michael Irvin talk about like this is America's team. We're gonna win the Dallas Cowboys. And then you know, is it? Mm-hmm. And then Steve Mary Steve Mariucci saying they're doing like their bold takes of the day, and Steve Mariucci always does this to Kurt Warner. He's like, "Guess who has the record for the most interceptions in a Week 15 game played on a Thursday night?" And then he always like nods over to Kurt Warner, and it usually is Kurt Warner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I like about it, but yeah, I do other things like wake up. Well, <laughs> you usually wake up pretty early, though, right? I am. Well, yeah, today I woke up at eleven. So at yeah. eleven? Wow! That is the latest I've woken up in years. What did you do last night? Oh, I just had a wild night of playing Fortnite. It was great. Were you actually playing Fortnite? Yeah. Technically, I guess I'm under quarantine. But, Why are you under quarantine, Matt? What happened? Uh, well, no, it's no, it's fine. I, mean, I didn't test positive or anything. It's just, I know no, it's fine, but yeah, you were exposed. Well, no, my my ninety three year old grandfather sitting upstairs. Ah, that's because you're around. You know, you're around all your lady friends all the time. Youngins, yes, right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, crawling. Anyways, let's get into the thing. Anyways. <laughs> Anywho. Cincinnati Tom Brady at Tennessee. That means audible, audible. When Brady does this tonight, he thinks he's getting the Patriots in a better play. They're going to call two plays in the huddle. They might call 97. Alert, a alert. To the left. Okay, alert, alert. Let's alert to the first game. Matt, what do you think? Uh, part of me wants to go with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. I feel like. Whenever I look at a team that's coming off first round by, I don't know why I just have this feeling that a team that's getting back a bunch of players, those guys aren't totally ready to go. Like, look at look at the Titans. They've been all banged up, and they're getting a bunch of guys back, but they haven't played in however long. You know what I mean? You do yep. want some seasoning. You do, you know, if the guys had come back weeks 18 or whatever and had played and then went on the bye and then played again after, I'd feel a lot better. But if this is the first game action for Derrick Henry, I don't – they said he's like 80%. I don't know. You know what I mean? Part I, of me wants I to saw videos of him in practice, and he looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he's running around in shorts. He's going to look good. But yeah. um, no, I so – the line right now is the Bengals – are four-point underdogs, so the Titans minus four, and the over-under is 48. This game feels like it's a 23-17 to 17 type game, right? And it just depends on who you think is actually going to win. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to go with the better quarterback. I believe in Joe Burrow, above all. Right. 
and I don't think the the Titans uh, secondary can keep up with their three receivers. So I'm, I'm just going to go with the Bengals, 23-17. Now, I, you know, what, what they say Derrick Henry's 80%, okay. But these defenders on the Bengals, and, and defenders really on every single team, right, if they're playing every single game, they've got, the whole thing about Derrick Henry is he get he would get, they would say he would get stronger and a better rusher as the season would go on. But that plays twofold because the defenders would also be like, it's cold. I'm tired and beaten down from all season. And on top of that, yeah, it makes tackling Derrick Henry harder. So if Derrick Henry is 80%, I think that's a very high percent. And no, obviously, I don't. I, don't. <laughs> well, I think I disagree. I think I think, he's, I think 80% if he's not 100%. Good. That's going to make a huge difference. Well, a 80% Derrick Henry is better than replacement, right? I don't know. They ran it just fine without him. Well, again, I know he's Derrick. Henry. It's a different type of running. Um, it's a different type of running for sure. And I mean, we'll see at 4:30, right? They're the first game to go. Yeah. Yep. That's why we did yep. that one. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can say that running around in practice is is not the same as on the field, and I get that. 80%, who knows how they, you know, assign percentages to his health, but I think the fact that I remember there were whispers, they're like, Derrick Henry could be back for week 18. Okay, so, and they didn't really think they needed to play him. So, in my mind, I'm like, okay, they rested him week 18 because I think if they needed him, he would have gone. In my mind, they rested him last week because if they played in the wild card round, they would have used him. And so now this week, it's almost like, okay, yeah, he got an additional like two weeks of rest to get that ankle in better shape. So I think he'll be okay. I mean, Julio Jones, they're saying for the first time all season long, didn't miss a practice rep. So that's big too. Now, with this big three there, this is the same Tennessee Titans team that went, you know, toe-to-toe with Buffalo and, and edged them out, too, earlier in the season, right? You know, this is not the Tennessee Titan team that you probably think is not that impressive because your New England Patriots beat them. But your New England Patriots beat them when they were all disheveled and beaten up and and kind of on the ropes because they had lost well, no, everyone. No, 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 no. It's Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Right? Um, I, I, I really do think that... I think Tennessee, at home, they have their big guys back. I really wouldn't be surprised. This is the same Tennessee team that, you know, would... Similar Tennessee team that made the run in 2019 after beating the Patriots. That, you know, looked impressive in a game in 2020 um, in the playoffs. So, I'm going with Tennessee here. They're favored by four. I do like what the Bengals do. But the Bengals only put up 23 against the Raiders. And I would say the Tennessee Titans are 26. 26 against the Raiders. And I think the Titans are way better than the Raiders. The Titans are a far more tougher opponent than the Raiders. So they didn't have the cleanest game. And had it not been for that touchdown that was called a touchdown when, you know, the the phantom whistle blew, that's seven points off the board or, or at least four points off the board, but I don't know. I'm taking Tennessee here. They're at home. They are getting their guys back. 
I don't know. I don't know if they'll cover, but I think they'll win. I think we'll see early on what they plan to do with Derrick Henry. If it's easing back in or if they're just like, all right, let's go pedal to the metal. But I don't know. That's what I think. I'll take Tennessee, and you're taking the Cincinnati Bengal Cats. Meow. Meow, meow, meow. Now, some would call him, the next game we're talking about, a pussy cat, speaking of meows. Jimmy Garoppolo will be going up against uh, Aaron Rodgers. So you got some would say Which one's a pussy cat. Some would say one, well, some would Jimmy say one's Garoppolo. a some would say one's a pussy cat, and some others would say the other's a dick head. But I don't know. Does that make it acceptable to say? It's not like we're being regulated, so I could, we could say anything we want. So you can say whatever the hell you want. Yeah, one some would say one's a pussy, <laughs> and the other would say one's a dick. So this is a sex game. Yeah, who who comes who comes out on <laughs> who comes the, out on top? Game, this is the game. This is like the highest profile game of the week, too. Right. At least in my opinion. Um, I am. I really want Jimmy to win. Did you just take a picture? <laughs> yeah, I just took a picture so we could use it for the Instagram. Of me. <laughs> Of the, of the both of us. All right, go ahead. Go, go. You're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Go, go. I love Jimmy Garoppolo, and I want I I want Aaron Rodgers to lose so bad for multiple reasons. But the 49ers are too banged up. It's gonna be uh, just four degrees outside. I don't know, something like that, right? The 49ers are playing on a short week. Um, and unlike the Titans, who have the first round by the Packers, have the better quarterback and the I think uh, ability to separate more offensively than the 49ers do, and they're getting their players back as well. Um, and I think getting Jair Alexander and Zadarius Smith back is it's controversial, much more impactful than getting a running back back, even if it's Derrick Henry, right? Getting your top quarterback back, I think, is a much more impactful thing than getting your top running back back. Okay, and how do you think he'll perform? Because Derrick Henry, it's not like he needs to. I think he's just a, a, a downhill plow. You know how much how much do you really need to kind of get back into it? I feel like you know defensive back. It's a lot of footwork. It's a lot about you know getting into the feel of the game and and being able to read the eyes of the quarterback or the eyes of the receiver, depending on how you're playing. So to me, it's like, okay, the locomotive is operating. Let's run it. You know, the other is more of kind of like a finesse position in a sense. Yeah, no, I think they still defensively, they've been pretty good regardless. Um, and adding those two guys back with Jimmy banged up. Um, and then defensively Warner and Bosa are banged up. I don't think they have enough. Do we have the line on this game? I think it's six. For yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure, but I, still, Warner and Bosa are going to be. They're both playing. They're both playing. They're both playing. And it's zero. Ball. It's like zero degrees outside. The 49ers are a running team. They're a defensive team. They're like ten and two in their last twelve games. Or eight and two in their last ten games. They're three and zero oh against the Packers in the last three playoff games. Aaron Rodgers can't beat the 49ers in the playoffs. He just can't do it. I'm going with the 49ers here. I don't think you're going to need to ask Jimmy Garoppolo to do a lot, similar to their 2019 run when they lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Maybe Jimmy has to hit one or two throws. 
And I think if the 49ers get a lead, they can compete. I think if they fall down by 10, it could be tough sledding. But Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm still taking the Packers. They're not going to cover. Um, but I'll take them to win 27. Well, I can't do 21. 27, 23. I'll take. Does that go over? Yeah, that goes over. Uh, yeah, you do the math for me, champ. But I'm going. I'm going twenty to seventeen, San Francisco. It's just one of those feels. Cold weather defense running, Debo Samuel. Just Greg Kittle. Greg <laughs> Greg Greg Kittle. So I don't know that, that beautiful beautiful dimple chin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, listen, this is not a Jimmy Garoppolo 50-pass attempt day. This is be efficient. Do what you, This is a let's be a Mac Jones type day of of do, it, do what's asked of you and do it efficiently. And Aaron Rodgers, think about this. You've lost to the team three times in a row in the playoffs. If the, if the 49ers are, like, leading after a quarter – or at halftime, that starts to creep into your mind. You say, oh, my God, here we go again. Similar to Jacksonville with the Colts, right? The Jacksonville shouldn't, I mean, just the, the record-wise and, and the way that they've performed all year, the Colts, all they had to do was beat the Jacksonville Jaguars to get into the playoffs, and they couldn't because the Jaguars, for some reason, stepped up their game. They said, listen, we beat this shit team. They are our, you know, bitch for the last six, seven years. Let's do Jaguars. it again, right? And that's kind of what happens. The 49ers are going, this is almost like Baltimore going into New England in a sense, right? Where they are not afraid. They are not afraid of Green Bay. And I guarantee you this, if Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers had their choice, they would flip opponents for this week. I think Rodgers would, would much rather be playing the Rams for some reason, uh, you know, it's a it's a weak LA team going to the frigid cold. I with Matthew Stafford. I think Rodgers is confident in being Stafford, and I think Brady would be confident in going against Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's just the mentality. Because the 49ers would rather stop the run, or the sorry, the Buccaneers would rather stop the run than the pass. So that I think if they if they could in a you know dark room say, Hey, listen, you know, can we switch opponents? They would. I think they would say that, but I'm going so, San Francisco 20 to 17. So in that case, where does Aaron Rodgers end up playing week one next year? If he does lose. Mm. How is Devontae Adams different. able to move easily or, or what, what's his contract? He's a, he's a free agent. He's also going to command the highest contract, largest contract in NFL history. Five receiver. <laughs> well, if he so, goes to if he goes to Miami, would you cry? If Adams did? No, if well, they're a package deal. If they went to Miami, I mean, no, I wouldn't cry because that'd be weird. <laughs> you wouldn't uh, cry. I would be very surprised if he ended up in Miami because they got to trade for him too. I don't know what Miami has. to well, think about this. If you're trying to get back to the old Patriot ways, that would be for 
easy to manageable games on your schedule between Buffalo and Miami that now turned into four unlikely, you know, right. games. Now, on the flip side, would you trade Mac and a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers? Because I'm fully considering if Rodgers, Wilson, or Deshaun Watson are available and teams value Mac because he had a, a good rookie year, I would consider, I mean, as a Patriots fan, I would be like, yeah, <laughs> give me Aaron Rodgers for the next three, four years. I don't I, know. He doesn't, I don't think he wants to go four years, to be honest. He doesn't. You sure. I don't really think he, he doesn't like football. I think he's, well, I don't disagree, but I think he's fueled on just fight and hatred and all that crap because he's a dick. Yes, right? yes, but eventually that runs out if, and you say, okay, I'm content with what I've done. There are other things in my life I want to do. You know, I guess he got, I think he's, he's, he's engaged. Who knows? He's, uh, I, I, just he think, I think he's getting sick of uh, Green Bay and the lack of success, and he's a dick, and so he's going to point the finger at everyone else. But he's really, really, really effing good still. So would you he even be able to sign? Wait, so Aaron Rodgers would not be a free agent? You'd have to trade for him, right? Would you even be able to afford both Rodgers and Adams? No, I would still just take Rodgers. Rodgers wouldn't just take Rodgers. You sure? Yeah. He would just want to get out. Nope, he's taking Adams with him. See, I forgot. I wrote this down somewhere. I would, if I were, hmm, like if I were the Denver Broncos. Right. But again, then you're in a, you know, you're in a division with Mahomes and I don't Herbert. think he cares. It just makes things more difficult. It does. Is he? Yeah, still. I mean, he right now he's in probably one of the easiest divisions in football. Right. Right. Probably low-key has been one of the easiest in the last decade. Um, I don't know. Like, there was the report over the offseason that the 49ers were willing to give up, like, Jimmy Kittle – another defensive player and picks for Rogers. And if I'm like, now I'm looking at it, especially if they lose again, I'm like, what are you doing? Trade Rogers. Imagine that team, how good that team was without Rogers. Or like you saw, they played the chiefs, right? And they lost 13 to seven because your defense was that good. Now imagine they had Devontae Adams, Kittle and Jimmy. who's B, not an A. And then they had that. I think they, I don't know. Yeah. You know, and the guy doesn't want to be there long term. Nope. So. Nope, nope, nope. He doesn't. Yeah. I think Denver, if I'm New England, I would trade for him. I think Deshaun Watson wants to go to Miami. That's what ultimately I think happens. Man, that's, it's, it's that whole Miami, and we never really got a chance to talk about it. Firing Brian Flores. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Like they, they went from complete, they went from completely irrelevant, like Detroit Lions territory, to, you know, having a Half chance, season. having a chance. They went to they were respectable, right? They were more like than they, respectable. They were borderline. They they 
they were in the playoffs until the last week of the season. Or, or, no, they were never, they, no, 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 no. Mathematically they alive. Contention. They were mathematically alive for right. the playoff. They were in the playoff contention until the last week of the season. Right. How much more, right. like, for a team like the Dolphins, how much more can you ask for? And then, like, what was he expecting? Stephen Ross, right? Because that's, that's essentially who, I assume, fired Brian Flores. What does he want? Maybe, what, do you think maybe Brian... And Deshaun Watson wants Brian Flores too. So how does that make sense? You fire the coach. I mean, think about this. Brian Flores goes to Houston. Could they persuade Deshaun Watson to stay? Or Brian Flores goes to Chicago. And then they trade for Deshaun Watson with Justin Herbert, right? You don't know about just or not Justin Herbert, Justin Fields. You don't know you Justin Fields might be really good, but you don't know still, right? He had a rookie year with Mag Maggie, who sucks. Correct. And the team there isn't great, but if you put Watson there and then you re-sign Allen Robinson, you just say go ahead, go ahead. And Aaron Rodgers might be moving out of that division. You have a chance to start winning that division for the next three to five years, mm-hmm. right? And that's a way to get out of the conference. You get away from Houston, and you have Brian Flores there. Now, if I'm the Patriots, once again, I'm trying to get Brian Flores back as the actual de facto. <laughs> well, I think I think well, Belichick's such a genius. I think he should hire Brian Flores as like the janitor and washroom uh, assistant. Because everyone would be, everyone, you know, would lick Belichick's shoes to get a job in New England. So he would, yes. he is not worthy of anything, especially not a defensive coordinator title. That is, yes, how dare you ever give someone who comes up through the ranks and works hard a defensive coordinator title, but you would give uh, whatever, who was that college guy they were going to give defensive coordinator to, and then he left? Oh, uh, Greg Shiano. Greg Shiano, right, but... Greg Schiano is deserving of that, of that title. Yes, very, very makes sense. Belichick logic. <laughs> Yet you're Anyways. obsessed with Matt Patricia. The the Matt Patricia obsession is like, is unbelievable from Belichick. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't like. All right, I don't know why that is. I don't like it. Anyway, should we get into our next game? Your favorite game? Yes, the Tampa Bay game I, against the. I wonder Rams. who you're gonna pick. You, against you want to the, go first? the Roms, as uh, Bob Sosi would say. So, <clears throat> yes, you know, the Rams have a lot of great guys on the defensive line. And Von Miller and Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald. And then on the back end, they got like Jalen Ramsey. But that's on defense. And, and obviously the Tampa Bay offense will be going against them. And you could say, well, they don't have Antonio Brown. They don't have Chris Godwin. Leonard Fournette is coming back. And you've spoken to this before about how guys coming back, you don't know what you're going to get. Okay? So that that was like 50% of their offense right there. But to me, seeing what the Buccaneers did the last week or even two weeks of the season gives me encouragement that they're finding answers again when confronted and having to 
morph their offense, right? Because this isn't the they enjoyed going like vertically down the field when they would have all their guys there, like vertical, vertical, vertical. Now the way that they're pushing that ball downfield is is on like deep crosser routes off of play action. So Brady got the ball out of his hand quicker than any other quarterback in the wild card round. And that's going to be key. He's going to need to continue that against the Rams. Otherwise, the Rams. Otherwise, they're just going to get there. And, you know, if if the defenders are sitting in Brady's lap all day, that's not going to be good, right? It's going to be a repeat of those games in, in at the Mile High Stadium several years back. But because he's not, he doesn't want to move right or left or whatever, although he is more mobile this year than in other years. That's still, let's be real. You need to give him 2.5 seconds, I think. 2.5 seconds to throw the ball, and I think he'll make stuff work because that offense is transitioning into what the New England offense was for so, so long. And they're able to do kind of a, the blend of the Byron Leftwich, Bruce Arians offense when they had their Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, but not not anymore. Without those guys, it, it is really turning into Brady's offense. And I'm seeing more and more of these like pick plays and screens and flares to the running back. And if you want to push the ball downfield, we're going play action to give you a little bit more time. And if we want to go vertical, it's not really vertical. It's deep crossers. We're going to be screeching from right to left or left to right, 15, 20 yards down the field. And that's how we're going to get, you know, our shots. First down. Our first downs. So that that's what I'm thinking that the Buccaneers are going to need to do on their offense in order to counter what the Rams have, especially up front. Now, on defense, I'd say I'm more worried about what the Buccaneers' defense can do to stop the Rams' offense than I am worried about what answers the Buccaneers' offense will come up with against the Rams' defense. Because, again, I'm the Bruce Arians mindset of, give me Tom Brady, give me an offensive line, a.k.a. two and a half seconds, and I'm confident he'll he'll get me answers. He'll, he will find a way to put up a 24 at home in a divisional playoff game. I, I believe that. Now, on the other hand, the Buccaneers' defense. What I said last week. Right. Right. <laughs> now, the Buccaneers' defense. They are getting their take. They are getting their secondary. <laughs> they are getting their secondary <laughs> back and healthy. They're getting Jason Pierre-Paul healthy. And I'm liking, I'm looking at these practice reports. They are giving these guys a lot of good rest, which I'm happy about. Jason Pierre-Paul took off the other day without an injury just for fun, you know? And Bruce Arians has given him those days. Shaq Barrett, he wasn't there the last part of the season. He's back. He's ready to go. So, to me, Todd Bowles needs to come up with something here. I don't know how teams time and again. Dial something up. Yeah, dial something up. Crank something up. Get the blitz out. Get the dogs blitz. You know, but how, you know, how do you let something up? Yeah, how do you let the number one receiver in three categories torch you week in and week out? Obviously, the Buccaneers have no one on defense that can go, you know, one on one with Cup. Nor it seems like the entire league has someone that can go one on one with Cup. But would I be surprised if they employed, you know, some of that let's not be afraid to play cover two, try our best to unleash some guys to get after Stafford, and then hope for three things. You hope you get pressure on the quarterback. You hope you make the tackle right away on the receivers. 
And you hope that Matthew Stafford realizes that he's Matthew Stafford and doesn't win these games. And like we said the other episode, at no point did Matthew Stafford need to make a high leverage decision or throw in that wildcard game against Arizona. To me, you would imagine that there's going to be some kind of big third down. There's going to be third and seven. It's going to be, you know, Tampa Bay's up 24-21. Can he convert the third and seven? Can he keep it going? Or, you know, Tampa's down 20-23, to and they need a big, you know, they need Matthew Stafford to throw an incomplete pass or to stop him short, and it's just those types of plays. Or, or they get the ball with two minutes to go at the end of the first half. Who's going to score? Is Matthew Stafford going to pull that off or not? Has he really done that? No. I, and, and I think that he's been very, very up and down. Besides that game against Tampa Bay week three, that was probably Matthew Stafford's best win all year was against Tampa Bay in week three. And Tampa Bay is a much different team than they were back then. All right, what say you? Yeah, so I'm looking at this. Tampa's only a three-point favorite. Um, and I think overall, offensively, uh, Andrew Whitworth isn't going to play, which is going to hurt LA's chances. You said that their defensive front for Tampa is getting healthier. Um, but I still look at the secondary and I say, do they have the horses to keep up with all three of those receivers and Higby? If Stafford is, a, if they do find a way to block it up, I do feel like they can put up some points. They can get into the mid 20s. It's just a question of Stafford. And okay, Stafford and what you're you just stopped mid sentence. <laughs> Stafford, uh, it's a question of Stafford not screwing it up, right? I right. feel like he. How many pick sixes has he thrown this year? Four, I think. Something, yes, it's good for once, once, once every four games. What are you showing me? Oh. <laughs> what do you mean? What am I showing you? What? It was just a picture of Zach Blixover. Should we, should we? Yeah. Should we stop and say that Zach's never going to listen to this? So we might as well talk about getting a cameo for Baby Harris for him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Continue. Continue your Buccaneer Ram thought, and then we'll get into that. Oh, so I am. I am not confident one way or another on who's going to win this because I still think I'm a top end talent. I like the Rams offensively than a little more than I do the Bucs. If you switch the quarterbacks, I think this game is not that close. Right? I agree. Right? Half, half of problem. what the Buccaneers are riding on is is the lure of Tom Brady. And the the opposite of the lure of Matt Stafford. Right? But yep. I look at it on the, the Bucs side offensively. I think they can get to 24, right? That's because of Tom Brady, but I also see the Rams, the the Buccaneers' offensive line's banged up. They're going to play, but banged up, and that's worse. And Jensen, two of the most important positions on the offensive line, right? And Von Miller's heating up. Aaron Donald's there. Leonard Floyd's up. But there's a good <laughs> chance that the, that Worfs and Jensen both will play. Right. No, I said that, but they they're gonna. Um, they're not. I don't know if they're going to be 100. percent Right, there's no shot there, 100. percent And the Rams do the one thing defensively that the that Tom Brady hates. Right, they can get pressure up the middle and they get pressure with three or four guys consistently. Right, mm. 
Um, so that is why I'm concerned. I want, like, I don't care about the Rams and Tom Brady's Tom Brady. I kind of want to take the Rams in this, so I'm going to. Okay. And I'm going to, I'll say 20, 23, 23 to 21. I'll take the Rams. I'll go 27-23 Buccaneers. It's a one-score game either way. Yep. Last game of the four or for this weekend, the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Buffalo Bills just curb-stomped the Patriots, and they're they're riding high. They are, they are on cloud nine, I would imagine, still. I think, it, honestly, th- this is, I think, a real concern to me. What, tell me what you think about this, Matt. It's almost like the U.S. beating the Soviets in, um, what, what year was that, for the Olympic hockey? 1980. Right. But then they still had to play the next game, right, against Finland or Sweden or whatever it was. I don't know my facts here, but the, the, it's the analogy, right? You, you work so hard to climb the mountain, and you, and you finally beat that, you know, you beat that team, and that was your, you know, that meant a lot to them to beat the team just the way that Jordan Poyer spoke about the Patriots and and he was mic'd up and it meant the fact that they scored seven touchdowns in a row and they didn't you know take the foot off the gas so they were angry are they gonna have a letdown are they gonna forget that this is the Chiefs team that booted them out of the playoffs last year this hate that they had for the Patriots was like the same hate that drove them to beat the Chiefs like week five or six of this year because that was like everything revolved around beating the Chiefs. We need to beat the Chiefs. We need to beat the Chiefs. We're gonna, you know, even Sean McDermott said at the end of last year, he's like, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna take that into consideration into the offseason, you know, to beat the Chiefs. So okay, great, you beat the Chiefs in the regular season, um, and then that turned that hatred manifested itself into hating the Patriots, and and then oh, we need to, you know, they beat us bad. They they beat us fourteen to ten in our home place. So it's like let's beat them. At their place in Gillette. Okay, you did that. Let's beat them again in the playoffs. Okay, you did that. And now it's like, woohoo, you know. But don't have a letdown. You got to, like, to me, it's, I don't see, like, this Buffalo offense is one that that just gets befuddled in a way and where, they, you know, you see them punt, like, four or five times in a row. I feel like when they get stopped. Against the Jets, week 18. Week 18. That could be true. Yes. But to me, you got me there. But to me, what I'm thinking is of like those Jacksonville games or even that Atlanta game late in the season. It's like when their offense like stops, it's like, sure, they might have like punt, punt, but then it's like turnover, turnover, stupidness, you know? So that's what I think. If if Generated from whom? A, a few different people it could be. But okay, when you see the interceptions, it's like... When you throw, it just doesn't make sense to me. They, they Brady would say throwing in the snow is such an advantage because the pass rush gets, like, knocked down, right? Because they can't grip right. and they can't sprint at you. So you're in the snow at your home stadium, and you, then you throw three picks. To me, that just, like, stands out. Or, you know, so I feel like it's not like they're just going to get stopped over and over and punt, punt, punt. I feel like their frustration comes because they're like, okay, we're not moving the ball, so now let's force something. 
you know? But it's a matter of does Mahomes or Josh Allen do more, commit more mistakes? And in the game like this, when both offenses have the ability, they both have the ability to score at a very high rate, a very efficient rate, and quickly. So to me, it's a punt's not a bad thing, you know? Or settling for a field goal to me is not a bad thing as long as you just don't... If you commit no turnovers all game, I think that would be a great step in the right direction for whichever team wins. So, you know, don't get don't get worried if you're down 10. Don't get worried if you're down 14. You know, stick to what you know and what, you know, that same offense that was efficient against the Patriots... Go to that. Stay with that. Don't get nervous if you get down 10 because obviously the Chiefs can score it much faster than the Patriots can. The Patriots go methodically and chug, 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 bloop, 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 bloop. Damian Harris, three yards. Swing fast to Bolden. But who's winning? Kendrick Bourne, two yards. So I'm picking the Buffalo Bills here to win 30 to 28. So that goes the over under 60. My number. So yeah, you're gonna take him to cover and go over. Okay. Um, I will say that if the Bills don't at least reach the AFC title game again, that this year's a disappointment. Yep. Right. Last year they got to the AFC title game and lost. Which I mean, for any team, if you reach the final four in any sport, that should be considered a, a successful season. Would you not agree? I think our watching Tom Brady has skewed everything, but that should be a, a very big, very good season. Or at least the successful season for the, the top of the league. Right. If, if you but even want to kill Brady out of it, right? Even Joe Montana, he only got to the championship game seven times or the, the NFC championship game, right? Right. So, so yes, it's it, for the best quarterbacks and the best teams getting there. Is a, it's not always a given. Now, I will say for the Bills, there was a lull there in the middle of the season where they dicked around and lost to, you know, if, how about this? If they had just beaten the stupid Jaguars and hadn't sucked, they this game would be at home and they wouldn't have had to play last week. Right. Right. So not only their record was worse this year than it was last year. Correct. Their regular season it, was a disappointment. Right. And their the AFC, would you agree, was down? Correct. Right? A, 12 and five Tennessee team that really was banged up and injured the whole year was the number one seed. Kansas city wasn't as good as they normally are. And the bills had already beaten Kansas city. They won by what? 18 earlier in the season. Right. Now the scary thing, what were the chiefs at one point? Were they two and four? I, I can go look that up, but um, they finished with five losses, right? Right. So they, they kind of turned back into the Kansas city that, they were for the last right. two years, three years. So they went on. That was that was when they became two and three. Right. Right. And then they ended up losing. Well, actually, no, it was the Bills. They ended up losing to Tennessee the weekend after. But if Josh Allen, I mean, Josh Allen looks like obviously the number one MVP candidate, of course, when he plays the fucking Patriots, because the Patriots have nothing in the secondary. Or not, I don't want to say nothing in the secondary, but defensively, it's like, a joke now. They can't play any man coverage and they just sit back and their their linebackers are slow and soft. So it's like, okay. Right. Great. 
they get ripped to shreds. Um, but like you said, against the Panthers, Allen didn't play great. Against the Falcons, he was terrible. And against the Jets, like they ended up winning by they put up twenty seven points and ended up winning going away, if you want to say. But like, mm-hmm. he wasn't great. Those aren't. I mean, the Panthers are a good defense, but, but those aren't great teams. So I'll say the Bills should win. If you want to look at the ESPN FPI thing, they actually they're a slight favorite too, and they're only one and a half point dog on the road, which means they're really getting a point if it's a neutral site game. If you want to look at it like that, yep. This is now it's two and a half. So I'm going to go with the Bills, pretty much because they have to win. If right. they don't win, it's a disappointment this year. Um, and I think they'd get. I'd I'd like them against Tennessee or Cincinnati the next week. Um, but yeah, no, I'll go with Buffalo. It's going to be, I think there's going to be some defense played. I'll say 31, 27, they win. All so right. It's going to go over as well. So it's going to be same total as you they'll cover, but they, if they lose, it's a disappointment. And really it was their season, um, to lose. Correct. If you want to think of it like that. So, yeah. And which means based on, if I'm correct. If I'm correct, well, I wish I picked the box. But if I'm correct, that means that it's Cincinnati at Buffalo next weekend in Buffalo. Right. Which means that we'll we'll have a live show from there, from Kettles. We really will. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll, I'll say I know Amanda. Right. So one thing, one thing, you know, just to give the Bills Bills a little, little bit of a hard time here, but I think it's just right. Winning one wild card game, I don't think necessarily makes that season with those expectations a success, right? Getting to the divisional round is like the bare minimum, right? For a team, and so think about it this way: if if I phrase it this way, you beat a wild card team that had a third place schedule all year, and they're a middler, right? Some could say that wildcard team you beat just kind of beat up on the lesser competition, and whenever they faced a good, hard playoff team, they got right. punched. They they played an old, slow defense with a rookie quarterback. Right. Now, how, what, what were the playoff teams that the Patriots beat this year? The Titans and... And the Bills. And the Bills, and that was... And, and they... I don't want to say, well, they beat the Chargers, but the Chargers aren't a playoff team. They right. beat, um, they played the Cowboys in the box. And lost. lost. Right. And that was at the beginning of the year. Who else did they play? Um, they played. The Colts, yeah, and no, well, the, the, Colts, the Colts didn't even make it, but. I know. That was funny. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, think about they that. Said there were some quality teams in there that didn't make the playoffs, but yeah. Right. So that that is why they need to beat Kansas City, that same right. team that knocked them out. Right. Exactly. Who they've already beaten this year. Right. Right. I mean, they they need to do it. All right. So those are all the games. Next and final segment of the show, we will have Joe... Oh, well, we won't say the last name just yet. We'll have our friend who you may or may not know, Joe Spinoza. No, well, I just said his last name. Now that ruined it. There we go. Look at me thinking through this. All right. 
He'll be on the show, that, and we'll close out that final segment, and yeah, call it a wrap. And ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a very special guest. Now, this guest that we are about to admit, and we've already revealed his name, this guest has been working on a new stat of his. He's been spending countless hours, countless minutes, countless... Hold on, I can't hear. Countless uh, days. Hold on, Joe. We're we're introing you right now. Bluetooth on. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. We're, we're introing you right now, Joe. I don't know what's so funny, guys. We're we're because we're, 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 we were giving you an intro. We were giving you an intro, and you were just talking about your Bluetooth. Hello. <laughs> there we go. Paulie in there the truck. What? <laughs> All, right. All right. Now I can hear. Yes. It sounds like you're calling in from the the, the bottom of the ocean. Yes. Yeah. But basically, really? we were introing you, Joe. We were saying how hard you were working on, you know, your statistic of yours that. We can't wait for you to share with um, with the crew, and yeah, but welcome to the show. How have you been, Joe? Oh, you know, getting by, working. It's um, working from home gets pretty monotonous. So, and uh, like you guys know me, I don't know how well the listeners know me. I mean, I'm a recurring guest, but I'm a bit of a psycho, and um, when I get invested in something, I just go balls to the wall on it. Um, which is why, like, you know, Andrew and I have had classes together. He's seen me just working on football stuff instead of doing my schoolwork. Um, I just can't get myself to do what I don't want to do. And when I'm interested in something, I will work 12 to 14 hours a day on it. So uh, pretty much all season. I probably spend about 50 to 60 hours a week on this uh, stat. I have two versions. I have a raw version with just the raw data, and then I have an adjusted version with uh, – my other methodology. And um, yeah, it's done for this season. And um, the results are pretty good, uh, I think. You know, uh, there's like, of course, fine tuning, but um, yeah. Uh, do you want me to like explain some more about it? Yeah. So, uh, like, just how long again have you been, how many hours in total would you say you've been working? Like, is this a full time job for like the entire football season or, or what? So I didn't have the idea until I would say about like week three, four-ish. Um, you know, the idea popped in my head because I was thinking about this guy. Yeah, uh, Kirk King, Cousins. King, King Kirk, you know, still the biggest Kirk Cousins fan. And, uh, you know, watching all the Vikings games and, you know, obviously I've been watching him his entire career. So really since, you know, I followed him since 2012, but he became a full-time starter in 2015. And there's, there's a narrative around him, which I think is bogus, you know, that he's average, or even if he's above average, he's like, you know, he doesn't elevate your team to wins. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Right. And uh, the season started with um, two games against really good teams on the road that Kirk Cousins did more than enough to win and came down to two plays. Um, that he had no control over. The first one was in overtime uh, against the Bengals in Cincinnati week one. And um, the Bengals had punted. So it's sudden death. You know, it's not even, you know, our first, like the Vikings first drive and a field goal doesn't win it. A field goal wins it. Right. Uh, the Vikings are driving, hand off to Dalvin Cook. Uh, 
for first down, he gets the ball to about the 35 and fumbles. You know, you get the ball at the 35 in overtime, needing a field goal to win, fresh set of downs. Why, you know. why didn't Kirk Cousins encourage him not to fumble? That's the question. So that was week one. Then there was a week two game against Arizona. That was really incredible game. Most Vikings games were incredible this year. Uh, they kind of tailed off at the end, but like through the first like 12 weeks, it was just heart attack shading. Uh, like right. a bunch of overtime games. Every single game except for two wins that we had um, were settled by one score. Uh, so all of our losses were within one score. Mm-hmm. And, and not even like backdoor cover, you know, one score, like, you know, literally at the end. So week two um, against the Cardinals in Arizona, uh, the Vikings are winning. The two-minute defense, um, I, I don't know uh, if it's the worst ever, but um, I'm pretty – I want to find this stat. Um, the Vikings pretty much allowed a touchdown in, like, the final two minutes of the half, I think, like, 12 times. Um uh, so it was terrible, but there was a play, um, it was a fourth and five and, um, Kyler Murray completed a 40 yard, uh, touchdown to Christian Kirk and then Kirk Cousins, you know, puts his head down, drives his team into field goal range and not, you know, BS, you know, Justin Tucker, 66 yard field goal range. Right. It's um, to like the 20 yard line. It's a 37 yard field goal. Vikings down by one. Greg Joseph shanks it. And I was thinking, you know, Kirk Cousins did everything for his team to win, and I could name plays. So I was thinking, you know, to appease someone like Andrew, who is a big believer in wins and team success being an indictment and reflection on the quarterback. Right. Well, over um, over the long aggregate, I would say that's very true. Um, yeah. So I applied a baseball statistic called win probability added. And um, it's pretty big in the what? War. Oh, it's not war. Uh, that's wins above replacement. Um, Good try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, win probability added. Just having some. Uh, I was at, I was late because I was getting my fist of champions. My God, is that is that Adderall, coffee, and Red Bull? Yes. Jesus That's how I start Christ. every day. <laughs> okay, um, continue. Yes, so to appease me and to show me that Kirk Cousins, that wins and other, you know, other stats don't do him justice. Tell me, this was your inspiration. Now, let, let's hear about this stat. It's called WPA. Yes, and uh, essentially... It takes um, the ticking win probability calculator, you know, so like that is based off, you know, decades of data based on, you know, betting odds coming in. So, you know, you have a baseline home team record. So I think they're pretty accurate. You know, of course, it's not perfect, but the win probability calculator with all the data that exists are fairly accurate, you know, at a given moment in time with the score, you know, the teams coming in, you know, what the win probabilities are. So in baseball, uh, win probability added is, you know, before you're at bat, your team has, you know, this chance of winning. And after you're at bat, you know, if you had a home run, your team's chance of winning might go from like 
50% to 65%, whatever, you know. So and I applied that to football and I did it with quarterback dropbacks. So I painstakingly manually did this before and after every single dropback of the NFL season. I put, uh, uh, I'll just show you. Uh, and I, I'll show, uh, do you want to see the raw version? Or I'll show you the raw version. Let, uh, let's see. Because, let's see the raw. Because the raw, Matt likes I it raw. First, <laughs> I do. Raw dogs. Uh, wait, you uh, disabled off screen sharing. Oh, I did. I will fix that for you right now. But, anyways, the raw version, is, and, and so you have the raw and the adjusted, correct? Yes. Okay. You should be able to share your screen now, and we will we will describe to the best of our ability to our visual listeners what is it is going on. Okay, here we go. So first, I start off with the criteria, and this evolves, and um, essentially, it's like the different types of plays, and there's nuance. So of course, like you know, standard dropbacks, so like completion, incompletion, interception, quarterback fumble, sack, intentional grounding, scramble, sneak. Um, and then, you know, non-QB running play, so handoff, pitch, whatever, jet sweep, you know, uh, a double pass does not count, so um, that's omitted, like QB catching, like, you know, example, like a Philly special, I don't include that, so yep. quarterbacks aren't receivers, you know, gimmick plays, spikes are omitted, uh, kneels omitted, uh, DPIs are included, two-point Conversion attempts with the same criteria. So, you know, QB sneaks it in, QB throws it, that counts. You know, you know, same thing as regular play. Roughing the passer is included because you can, I, I, my two justifications are, you know, if it's actual roughing the passer, you know what, as a quarterback, you took your lick and, you know, you helped your team. And if it's a bogus one, good quarterbacks help their teams by, you know, getting favorable treatment. So, so you know, roughing the pastor does count just know. just so you know our our audio people can so there's a basically the the description of it on the on the left side of a, of a spreadsheet and then it says whether it's included or omitted from the statistic now could this literally be like an on off switch so if i said to you i don't want to see roughing the passer included in the stat could all you have to do is switch it to omitted and it it'll auto populate or what no um I, I, I mean, I can do that fairly easily because I have a backlog, so I can just, you know, enter it, you know, so right. I okay. can do that. Um, that's, yeah, that's pretty easy, but um, not in this current version. Um, so penalty yards after a completion are omitted. So let's say, um, you know, you, uh, you know, complete a pass for five yards and then there's, you know, helmet to helmet contact. Um, that extra, the penalty yards are included. So the completion counts, but, you know, the extra 15 yards do not get added. Um, so unnecessary roughness after a quarterback run is included because same thing, you know, it's roughing the passer. You know, you took the hit and, you know, you, or you get a favorable call, helps your team. Defensive holding is omitted um, because that usually occurs away from the play, you know, DPI and like, you know, a lot of it's sticky tacky bullshit. So I include DPI, don't include defensive holding. Offensive holding is so if your line fucks up, you know, not included. False starts, not included. Uh, neutral zone infraction, offsides. Um, so receiver fumble after completion. Uh, this involves, you know, just some sort of speculation because, you know, there, I, there, the exact number isn't there because it's after every play. But, I, you know, after doing this for literally thousands of plays, I have a general idea 
right, depending on down and distance, how much in score, how much win probability is affected. So I, again, so, you know, let's say you complete a pass and then your receiver fumbles, you're going to get, in, well, in the raw version, um, in this version, I, I just put it as a zero. So no matter what, like, you know, the play result is a zero in terms of the raw version. In the adjusted version, I adjust it. So uh, just wanted to say that. Um, garbage time, uh, it's included in this one, um, but it, it actually hurts quarterbacks if you're good. Garbage time, because your win probability, whether it's 100 or whether it's zero, it's going, it's not really going anywhere. And on a per play basis, it goes down. Now, you so weren't, you weren't inclined just to leave it as uh, neutral? Nothing good, nothing bad? That's what, that's what it is. It's, well, that's what happens when it's included. It just stays at zero. And then, but then when you, you know, go to your final data and you like, because, you know, you're going to do it on a per play basis, you know, mm -hmm. like a per snap basis, on a per game basis, you know, uh, your, your number is going to go down because you have more plays that, you know, you aren't contributing to your team winning. So in the raw version, it's included. I omit it in the adjusted version. Um, you know, and then this is uh, on the uh, regular version, and this is where it really gets, you know, kind of like th this is where the flaw came in and then why I had the, you know, uh, the, my reason for making the adjusted version is the fact that quarterback could play like shit for like Tim Tebow, you know, to use that example. Quarterback could play like absolute dog shit for 58 minutes, but his team keeps him in, you know, they force a turnover. But he has one game-winning driver, like a Demarius Thomas play, you know, against the Steelers. And he would have the highest score of the week, but finish with like 120 yards on 11 for 24 and, you know, a touchdown and two picks. So like in this – what? Like Tua. Yeah. So, but my question so, – but late game plays, so that, that would include like a fourth quarter drive to win a game, right? Yes. So in this raw version, I just keep it. Like, I'll show you. You definitely get a lot of points for a game-winning drive. You know, like, if you have a game-winning touchdown, and like, again, it varies, you're going to get 40. Like, you know, you're going to get like 40% percentage points, which is, is like, you know, once you see it, it's like, that's a lot, a lot. But there, like, there would be plays, like, let's say, you know, at the end, you have a completion, you know, and it's like plus 10. And then, like, there's a false start. Your win probability goes, like, back down, you know, minus five. Then you have another completion. Like, you could have, like, what could be considered, like, one of the best games of the year for one drive. Right. So, um, I, I definitely, you know, heavily reward late-game drives. But, you know, you can't play, like, dogs. Like, Sam Darnold had a 98-yard drive against the Vikings at the end of two minutes left and a two-point conversion. But the, the entire game, he was terrible. But so you have to like, you know, make an adjustment because you, again, you can't be an F for 58 minutes and then right. have one drive, especially, you know, teams playing prevent defense. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, there are some situations, you know, just like with the algorithm and everything, like uh, your win probability can actually go down when you score a touchdown, minute, like very, like, you know, like, like fractions of a percentage, but like, um, you know, based on time, you know, like if you have it first and goal to one, you know, and you score a touchdown, you know, the, like, you're expected to score. So, like, not milking more time will, like, bring you, like, down, like, minus 0.01, you know, just because of whatever. So, um, touchdowns, and this, it's kept like that in the raw version, but in the adjusted one, you know, you'll get, like, plus one, whatever, on, like, you know, whatever. Um, three and outs 
again, like raw version, you know, every play is just graded. Uh, at the end, you know, it gets kind of like, you know, usually um, a failure to complete a third down is minus three to minus four or five, you know, depending on, you know, whatever, like that's the, like I'll show you on the play-by-play. But like at the end of games, you know, it's like minus 15. And, you know, I feel like that's kind of unfair. So I adjust that because I don't think you should have like minus 15 just for like, you know, one, you know, failure to convert at the end, you know, because that's like, it's heavily skewed. So like, as the game goes along, you know, it, you know, failure to put together drives will hurt you more in the win probability. But I don't think it's like exponentially, you know, worse, you know, because like analytics, you know, recognizes that like, I, I do believe that there is clutch, but every minute of the game does, does count, you know, and if you, you know, put up points in the first quarter or second quarter, you know, that they count just as much as they do in the fourth. Um, plays post spike because a spike, you know, just with the way it is, it you know, takes it down away. So I, um, I will use the win probability or like at like the play before the spike because spikes, you know, affect it, especially at the end. Um, I, so also um, plays before a half. So, you know, you get the ball back with like five seconds left, you throw a pick or a Hail Mary, like, you know, sometimes the win probability calculator is like on it. Sometimes, you know, for some reason, like there might've been like a second left. So it like affects it. But like, if you don't score before the half, you know, you're not getting any points, um, you know, and you're not getting, you know, uh, negative points for throwing an interception, you know, on a Hail Mary. Um, illegal forward pass, you know, so you pass line of scrimmage, kind of like, you know, people are like Joe, people about Joe Burrow did, whatever, um, you know, it, it counts as a play, like you lose it down. Uh, then I have like, you know, general rules for uh, game-winning field goal drives, game-winning touchdown and fails fourth down, like these plays that really matter a lot that could totally skew it. So that's that. So now I will go through play-by-play. And th- this is every single play you've watched. I did not watch it. I went through the win probability later. But here it is. So. Well, this is the, the this is the win pop win probability calculator for each dropback. So, but you don't. Is there someone who keeps tabs of of like? So my question is, obviously, there's a win probability for the game, right? After each yeah. play. Yeah. But you have to go in and find what that is after each dropback, correct? I'll, I'll show you. Hold on. I, I use NumberFire. They're really good, and they lay the data out pretty well. So um, I'll show you. So, you know, week one, go to this game. Make sure you remember it. So, boom, start. Right. So if we're starting with Tom Brady, it would start right here. 71.38, 71.38. After, 68.28, 68.28. You know, and it has, it tells you every play. And like, there's a What was that first play of the game? Oh, uh, for, like, for Brady's first attempt, it was, you know, uh, it was a three and out. So he got it third and two, uh, incomplete, minus 2.97. Okay. You know, on the effect. Right. Now, so, let me see. Can I see what the back shoulder pass to Chris Godwin was in the fourth quarter that set them up to win the game? His last drive. It should be Chris Godwin, uh, like 20 yards or so. Okay, right here. That is plus 
38. Now, does that have a cap on it, or or there's no cap on, on that throw, right? On the raw version, there isn't. But if I go here, uh, as you can see, all my sports stuff, uh, PFF grades, baseball sheets, uh, rosters, yeah. Um, like I said, I'm a psycho. Right. Um, but someone hire me, please. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I do really good. Um, but uh, what I did here, and like, of course, there's some adjusting. Um, I, so I disqualify all of these plays. And what I do is I just do a catch-all and say game-winning field goal, 57 yards, one, uh, one minute, 24 seconds left, one timeout, and I put it at about 27.75. I thought, you know, like, again, it's kind of speculative, but this is kind of in line with what I did because, you know, I mean, it was a great drive, great play, but that drive, and, you know, this is one of the, has like a very high score. Like, you know, you see Mahomes, but like. Right. You know, can I, can I see, a, can I see um, now for another example, right? So that would be like a pass on a game winning drive. And we also just saw what a lack of, or an, a failed conversion on a third down was. Can we go to week 17 for Brady? The pass that was to Cyril Grayson. So it should be his last throw of the day. Okay, so you want the raw one against the Jets. Do you want raw or do you want... Let's see raw and then and then adjust it first. Or so, yeah, raw first, sorry. So we're going to see that so again was against the Jets, the game-winning throw. So his he increased the win probability from 33 to 92.5%. Was there a bigger win probability increase all season long than that, than that throw? Ooh, um... Oh, hold on, let me. Because uh, that we, for the viewer, that was fifty nine percent increase, just about. Yes. Uh, let me see. Uh, I probably yeah. I mean, I could again do that just for like a minute max, you know, for these columns. I don't have that on me, but you know, they're giving me good ideas. Um. So, but in the adjusted, that is capped, correct? Yes. Um. So, yeah, so let me go here to week 17. So I did 93 yards, 157. I gave him like 47%, you know, you know, could do 50. It, 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 you know, it, again, it's, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter that much. Like, but that, this is like the most points I think I've awarded on a game-winning drive. Right. Uh, that, uh, that's pretty good. So, yeah. Um, and, then, and then to make sure uh, every single play that I adjusted – that's different. I made sure to uh, put in that red italics and an asterisk so I can always refer back, you know, so like, you know, you know exactly which plays I adjusted. And then if it's just like, you know, normal, this is just like, you know, from the raw version. Right. Beautiful. So yeah. let's see week by week. And then you have a season ranking for this stat. Yes. So here is week by week. And then season, I've been like playing around, you know, just like with medians, totals, per play, per attempt, you know, uh, a weekly score. I like game score because it, with the adjusted version, because, um, you know, like for example, like, you know, keep, uh, I'll make this very Brady centric for you. Uh, what's a game that the Bucks where Brady played really well, but had like a uh, blowout? Where they played really well, but had a blowout. 
Yeah, they blew, they blew out the other team. Let, uh, let's see. The Panthers, they blew out like 32 oh, to 6. Week seven. Okay. Yeah, let me see week seven. Like, so you can see I crossed it out. So here, you know, for example, if you go to the Rogers, you know, 2.28. Because like they were playing ahead the entire time. So on a per, on a per play basis, you know, if you go like 2.28 win probability divided by 37, like that's not a good game. So I like, you know, inflated it just because, you know, like all the touchdowns, I, you know, I, you know. Here's, here's something food for thought. Now, the first snap of the game for Brady, the win probability is already what? 79.71. Now, doesn't that hurt? That that so your this stat I love the stat by the way awesome job this is fantastic would Brady not get a better WPA if the team or whoever created the win probability assumed that before the first snap of the game that win probability was actually lower because then he would have more room because if it starts at seventy nine I mean the max WPA Brady could get in that game would would be. Twenty-one percent. Again, like it all depends on um, circumstances because you know if you know uh, did they play Carolina that week. I don't remember, but if like whoever they played, you know, got the ball first and scored a touchdown, and then you know then it drops down, then you're, you might be starting with like a sixty, you know, or if you start a game. You so know, if I was Brady and I wanted to be number one in your stat, I would actually encourage my defense to give up an opening drive touchdown. Yes. But I mean, I try to do like, as you can see here, like I got rid of all of these attempts. So like on a per game basis, this was an excellent game, you know, like because I, so what I do for game score, uh, if I go here to season. Yeah. What's the uh, season average for a week? Do you have that? Like what would they average? What would an average quarterback do during an average week? Uh, let me to my week. Um, I don't, let me see like the app, like, I mean, I'll just do, you know, whatever. Uh, equal to average uh, H2 to like H. Let's put in a thousand. Right. We're going on the fly here. 13%. Okay. All right. I like it. So let's, let's um, give me, give me what you got for the season. Who, who are the leaders of, uh, of this statistic? So the winner far away. And like, you know, I like to break it into tiers because, like, when you sort it by different ways, like, you know, people within this tier will, you know, vary. But this guy, no matter how you slice it, how you do it, he is the best quarterback in football, and it's not particularly close. Um, he is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I like to do, like, this game score per game because mm-hmm. it takes into account, you know, because with the raw stuff, you know, you can have a lower score, but, like, you know, if it's ahead, you know, that actually, you know, hurts you. So I didn't go with the raw. I go with, uh, so game score is um, your win probability divided by attempts. So I think that that's fair because I get rid of the garbage time. So if you're, you know, not a lot of attempts, so like, I, I think you get the gist. So, and then I just do this times games played because, you know, different guys play different games. Why are there row, rows hidden? Two through five. Uh. Okay, so Joe, I'm going to stop you. How is this going to apply to the games this weekend? Who do you who do you feel like is going to win based off this? Uh, I have actually no idea why these rows are hidden, but um, I have uh, the Bengals. I have um, 
Pack, Bengals, Packers, Bucks, and then um, what's the other? Oh, and then Chiefs. Wow, going Chiefs. So, yeah. so there's not you're not secretly hiding a player from me in between Aaron Rodgers no, and, and Kirk Cousins. Like, so you're yeah, you. So now that Matt's tuned back in here, Joe has Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he has Kirk Cousins as the second best player in his stat, and this is for adjusted. Now, just I, I don't see any reason why not to believe it. Again, just for my amusement, let me see their raw season rankings, please. Uh because this is adjusted. I don't know what sorcery you were doing in adjusting. Cooper um, Rush. Cooper Rush. <laughs> I forgot about him. <laughs> this is actually, I actually, um, fuck. Gardner wow. Minshew is the number one. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Gardner no, Minshew, no, then I Cooper Rush. After, no, see, but see, this was before the last week. So this is like on a per game basis, and they both won and had game winning drives. So, like, you know. That's, you know, that's why they're omitted. But, right. Uh, All right. So let, let's see the season rankings for uh, the. Uh, I, I didn't. So this is the raw. I didn't do it in the season version. Um, How dare but, you? Like, we, can, we can just do it on the fly. Um, you know. I don't let's, like, let's, just, let's just see a few. So that Rogers was at what? What was his average? 24? Well, that was for the first uh, week. Yeah, yeah, we'll just... Here we go. Joe's. Yeah, his first, his first week was start. We'll do it. We're doing this on the fly. Right. Zoom just gave me a, a, a shutoff notice saying that they're, they're going to quit this meeting soon because I don't have the unlimited version. But we're going on the fly take here. A leak. Matt is going to go take a leak. Enjoy. Uh, so, how, so do we like start a new one or how do you? Uh, up to you. Or, you know, we could just finish going through this and uh, we probably need to wrap up the show pretty soon as well. But um, let's see. So... What is the yellow that you have highlighted? Oh, that's the season total. So that's the season that. total. So just all you need to do for me right here that I'd no, like I'm to good. see is, okay. So Aaron Rodgers' season average was what? Freeze. One row. Sort. You know, there we go. We can uh, unhighlight that ungodly uh, yellow. Right. So let's just see here. Aaron Rodgers, just for reference, he had a 24.85 this season. Now let's go to Kirk Cousins here. Uh, hold, let me, I, I'll do, uh, but I'll do the um, stat that I like, which is game score per game. Um, so, uh, or whatever. Um, I, uh, let me just uh, go here, but like per attempt. Just do it here. Oh, what? I want to sort. Sort range. And that's not... Right. No, but, but basically, right, or if you want, you could even click an H one or whatever it was and then just click the filter button it should do it yeah yeah and sort Here's the raw. so it's say say, the, say that again who is who is the leader of this in and, the raw it's jimmy g jimmy g then aaron Rodgers, then kirk cousins oh how how convenient and then herbert brady Carr, 
Huh. Wow. So I guess Jimmy Garoppolo is the best quarterback in football. Well, that's why I come up with the adjusted metric because limited attempts and he has been like, you know, a lot of game winning drives. So that, that's why, you know, half it. So that, and that's like important to include, you know, right. Wonderful. So yeah, that's, uh, that's it. But no, I did not adjust Kirk Cousins to the top. Um, actually, you know, depending on how you sort it, like Herbert will be up there. If you want to do, if you want to go raw, you know, do it like this. Um, Josh Allen has some pretty bad games, and that's why he's lower. 17th on the list. Uh, 16, yeah. They 16, well. yeah. And actually, no, because uh, these, I don't know why those rows are hidden, but. Why don't we save the net rest of this for this next episode? <laughs> yeah, this is kind of, uh, uh, Matt's up. <laughs> quite I'm going to go heat up my leftover chicken parm sauce. <laughs> From where? Why would you have that when you could have this? Yeah, why aren't you eating Adderall? Why, why aren't I drinking jet fuel? Yes. Um, I don't know. <laughs> oh. so, so, Joe, I, I love the stat. Thank you for, uh, you know, explaining that to all of us. So, it, it appears as if Kirk Cousins is, uh, you know, an upper echelon type quarterback by, I, your, I have, by your metric. I have... I, I think you can argue Kirk anywhere between four and eight. I think he's in four to eight. Okay. Rogers, tier of his own. Brady Mahomes, neck and neck. Brady is an alien. Brady is alien tier, and then it goes the rest. Yep. No, it's Rogers, Mahomes, Brady, and then, you know, you can go Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Kirk. Um, yeah. That's, that, that's my, you know, and then, you know, Russell Wilson flipped. Deshaun Watson, who knows? Like, if he's, you know, justice is served and he's back on the field, then. The numbers, you know, the numbers never there. lie, Joe. And uh, again, great stat. We love it. We got to hear more about it on the next episode. And uh, yeah, again, thank you for coming on and uh, showing off all your hard work. Thanks. Yeah. Next uh, time. If I, uh, if I uh, I've always said, if I put in the amount of time in school and everything, that I do on this, I would have crossed the pond rather or across the river right. rather than it be you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you need to show this off to, uh, you know, some of those people then. Hey, maybe I'll work for the Vikings new uh, GM when they hire one. Exactly. Only only time will tell. All right, well, Get Joe, thank you again. Have, have a good time watching the games, and, uh, you know, we'll need a playoff updated for the stats. Oh, yes. yeah. Sounds good. All right. Talk to you later, Joe. Until next time. Until next time.